All right, can you believe it? We've actually reached the last Monday of January. It feels like yesterday we were looking forward to Jan, and we are officially done with Jan. But I must say, um, this is one of the most exciting shows for me to do. I look forward to this one, because as you know it, for the past three years, it has been Dwayne and Reverend Paul Coupe every last Monday of the month. And it's so awesome to say hello to a good friend in Christ, which I miss a lot. Um, We'll have our coffee shortly. Rev, how are you? I'm great, Dwayne. I'm great. I mean, it's so hard to believe that we're already at the end of Jan. I feel like Christmas was, you know, the holidays were just yesterday, which I didn't even, by the way, get chance to really enjoy. I can't believe that this week is February. And, you know, February is a short month, although this month, I think this month is leap year, isn't it? It is, and it's a very it's interesting question. I actually posed the question to my kids this morning. What happens to someone that actually got born no. on the 29th of Feb? I have a friend. I have a friend who was born there, and I feel sorry for her. And I keep saying, Savannah, you only have a birthday every four years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I got to tell you, she made, she made me feel better about my birthday because my birthday is on the 23rd of December. No! And because- because because it's on the 23rd, it's two days before Christmas. So what normally happens to me, <laughs> poor me, <laughs> is that people give me a combined Christmas and birthday present. And they say, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. And I feel like I'm being ripped off because I give people two presents. I give them a birthday and a Christmas. And I only get, you know, they do me two for one slot kind of thing. But... You know, considering that, you know, my girlfriend only gets presents every four years, <laughs> I think I'm doing a lot better than she is. Well, shame. well, Riff, I don't want to state the obvious, but I think the people to blame might be your parents. Um, that was their <laughs> planning for that bad date. Listen, I'm not sure that, you know, there was any planning involved or whether they were just trusting God. And I'm not about to blame my parents because I'm just grateful to be born. (laughs) Present or no present, I'm just happy to be born, to be here, and hopefully, Dwayne, to be able to contribute to the building of our nation, which is even why we're here on this program. It's about, you know, what can I do? What what little role can I play um, in understanding the goings-on what is happening in this nation, and how do I play my part to try and make sure that as a nation, as a community of people, as citizens, we do not go the wrong way, we do not depart in the wrong way. And we began to understand this very well on this program, that we cannot just participate every four years or every five years, depending on which nation you are. Some countries' elections is every four years. Some countries, it's every five years. But we cannot think that just because we go to the polling station every four or five years, that that is our contribution to nation building. No, it goes far beyond that. There's an in-between. That in-between the voting, we vote for leaders. In some nations, leaders are doing what they're supposed to do. In some nations, leaders are not doing what they're supposed to do. Whether they are doing what they're supposed to do or not, it still doesn't absolve us of our responsibility. As citizens, we are still required to take part in in certain things. And one of those things is taking part in the drafting of legislation. And so even though we are not legislators, we are not parliamentarians, all of us, there is a procedure and a process that enables us to take part and when Parliament, you know, through the committees in South Africa, drafts the legislation, they are obliged, they are obligated to put out that piece of legislation for public comment, public comment. So hear me well, friends and family, this is a, a big part of what Duane and I do on this program, is to talk to you about laws that are coming up, that are for public comment, that you and I must know that can affect and impact our health, our safety, our security, our lifestyles, the way we live our lives, you know, our, our freedom of speech, the, the very valued uh, and entrenched freedoms that are entrenched in the Constitution. So this is what Dwayne and I are here for, to say, listen, bus up, 
Irkom, Irkom, do whatever. <laughs> and this is why we're here. So today, yeah, today we're here for that, Dwayne, and we're going to start off here with a bang. Uh, the One of the legislation we're going to talk about, we've already talked about, but we still need to talk about it um, today. So that's just to remind the peeps why we're here. Why we're here. We're not here because we're looking cute and all that. Although Dwayne's looking very cute. Although I can't see him. But I imagine he's looking very cute anyway. But we're not here to look cute. We're here to help build South Africa and keep her aligned to her redemptive purpose. Well, well, Rev, just before we get to uh, the discussion point for the show today, um, maybe perhaps let's just hear your view and opinion on the following. Last year, you traveled a lot to other countries. Um, you are advisor to political parties or advisor to presidents. You uh, travel to elections in other countries. This is a big year for South Africa. Uh, for, for a lot of Christian believers, they believe that this year can be a year where a turn comes in South Africa. It's a huge year. We've got to go up to the voting stations. What's, what's your view on this year, the magnitude of this year? Do you feel we stand a chance to turn things around? How do you feel about 2024? Well, you know, there's always a chance to turn things around. Um, I am not going to, you, you do know, Dwayne, that by God's grace, I have a prophetic grace on my life. Um, people have been asking me what's going to happen, and I just have to say that God has not released me to say anything about the outcome of the elections um, at this point. And I'm just one of those who don't, you know, I talk a lot, but I don't like to talk when God has constrained me from talking to say, don't talk on this issue. So I don't I, I don't want to talk about, mm. you know, this and that. I see some prophets have gone out there to say, this person's going to win, this person's going to win. God has not led me in that way. And I've learned to keep my mouth shut because God told Ezekiel, when I tell you to open up your mouth, he said, you eat the scroll. In mm. other words, eat the word of God. And he said, when I tell you to speak, you speak. And when I don't tell you, don't speak. So, you know, really when you operate in the prophetic grace, you speak only when God says to speak, not to get likes, not to gather attention, not to try to be relevant, but really just to speak and to speak how you download from the throne room of God. So, um, you know, Christ is the hope of glory. Uh, what I would say on this is that um, people need to go out and vote. This is what I'm going to say. People need to go out and vote. You cannot sit at home and not vote and say it's not going to be worth anything. My vote does not count. Your vote does, does count. And Dwayne, imagine if all out of all the eligible voters, every single voter says my vote doesn't count. And there's about, what, 30 or so million eligible voters and they're all sitting at home thinking, well, I only have one vote. It doesn't count. But if 30 million people say that, <laughs> it does count. It does count. So I want us to be very careful. Let us not enter into a place of voter apathy. Voter apathy is simply a fancy term, which means that apathy is to be lethargic, is to be lazy, is to, you know, not, is to be inactive. So when you say voter apathy, you just say that you didn't pitch up. You did not turn up at the voting at, at the voting polls. And here's the thing, beloveds, family, South Africans. We cannot, we do not have the right to complain. If you do not pitch up at the, at the polling station to vote, to put your mark, to put your X, you must remain silent. You have no um, mandate. You have no right. You have no authority. To complain because you were given an opportunity to speak and you opted to deny yourself, not the government, but you opted to deny yourself that opportunity to speak. So if we didn't vote, then Tula, Didi Mala, Tualamulomo, keep it zipped. Keep it zipped. So that's one thing I will say go out and vote. The other thing I would like to say about voting is the challenge we're facing right now, Dwayne, is that South Africa is moving further and further towards immorality. Mm. We are seeing a nation that is departing from its formerly known Ubuntu stance. One of the things I remember vividly about President Thabo Mbeki, 
he was the Ubuntu king. I mean, he would hardly say a speech without talking about Ubuntu. And let me break down Ubuntu for people who really don't understand the principle uh, behind Ubuntu. Ubuntu is very kingdom. Ubuntu is, is very biblical principle. Ubuntu simply means that we exist as a community. So when you say somebody has Ubuntu, you're saying they're not living an individualistic life. Somebody who has Ubuntu cares about other people. Ubuntu, for instance, we have projects whereby we go and feed families in Mamilodi. We take care of widows in Malawi. We pay for 200 school children to go to school in Malawi at Belusi School. That is Ubuntu. It is a, it, it is a clear example of Ubuntu. It's saying, I cannot eat unless you're eating. So Ubuntu is community focused. Ubuntu is honoring, respecting everybody regardless of their status and ensuring that we all partake in, 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 in the benefits that are there. It's not Ubuntu if you come to somebody's house and you find them eating dinner and you just let them stare at you. No, Ubuntu means if I'm having dinner, you invite them to the dinner table to say, come, we're eating. Even if it means you're going to get less, you're going to share that food with whatever you have. Everybody has some. And that's what our governments need to understand in, gover in Africa and around the world. That Ubuntu, if a few people at the top, a few leaders at the top are eating by themselves and the rest of the nation, 80% of the nation is not eating and we are living in our palaces and the rest of the nation is not eating and we're eating by ourselves and we've not invited anybody to the dinner table. That is not Ubuntu. It is not Ubuntu. So um, value system. We need to move away from a value system that promotes indiv individualism, that promotes um, corruption, that, that turns a blind eye to corruption. We, we, cannot, we cannot allow that. We need to move away from a system and structures that promote, um, you know, an, an, an ethical means that, that promote, uh, you know, the, the, the taking away of lives in any form, the taking away of lives, innocent lives, vulnerable lives. Instead of taking away the life of an unborn child, why don't we promote adoption, for instance? And, and look for parents who are looking for children but cannot have children and give that unwanted baby to parents and a couple who are wanted. That's all part of Ubuntu and it's all part of biblical. So I'm saying to you, South Africa, with this long rant of mine, <laughs> been ranting, I'm saying to you, let us vote for parties that reflect those Ubuntu kingdom-based word-based biblical values that promote care. Let us vote for those parties that we see servant leaders. They're represented by servant leaders who we can see in, in the townships. We don't just see them in the Santon air-conditioned offices, you know, uh, with the blue lights escort, all this parading. You know, we have leaders now who just think they're the next best thing since sliced cheese. You know, that just want all this high treatment. I, I had a, uh, I had a, um, a, a ministry. I had a guest, an apostle, Arome Osai, recently who I hosted. And I got a phone call from one of the political leaders' office who wanted to come. And initially I was, I was happy. I was like, oh, yes, come. And then I was told by that office that that person can only come if they can come with their PR team, they can come with their media team, they must sit at the front with their PR and media team, mm. they must be welcomed at the gate, I must escort them in, and be welcomed in the gate and escort them there, and their PR team should be allowed to take photos, etc., whenever they want. And I had to, you know, respectfully decline mm. and say, this is a, a ministry, this is a church meeting, we're here for Jesus. We're not here to celebrate you. Yeah, yeah. We're not here to celebrate you. We're not here to make the meeting is not about you. So if we have to abandon the meeting that we are hosting for Jesus to drop everything, to greet you, etc. there, 
You know, I mean, and I'm not saying dishonor leaders, but I'm just saying we want servant leaders. We don't want leaders who are demanding and feel like they're the next best things in sliced cheese and we must drop everything to serve them. We want leaders, servant leaders, who understand that I'm here to serve the community. I'm not here so I can just be admired and campaigning on my, my self-branding exercise. So South Africa, that's, that's what we need to look for in the next elections. Let's look for those, those leaders who are servant leaders, who are not making demands, but are concerned truly and, and have plans. Because again, Dwayne, I see leaders and I hear leaders talking about the plights of our people in the township and going in there. It's one thing to go into the townships. It's another thing to actually bring a solution, a viable solution. So we also want leaders who really have blueprints, who have suggestions and who have ideas and they're viable and they're going to ensure that they, they, those, those blueprints are delivered and implemented um, so that's that's what we we're, we're looking for. So value system, um, we have there's a, there are templates out there. I think Freedom of Religion South Africa, I sit on their board, has developed a template. I know that Time to Rise movement, which I'm also privileged to be one of its leaders, has also developed a template. Template template blah blah blah, blah, blah. template. Now what this template does, it shows you all the critical issues, and it shows you all the political parties, their stance. So for instance, what is the stance on uh, corruption? What is the stance on abortion? What is the stance on prostitution? You know, and laws involving immorality, all those. So at a quick glance, you can look and, and see every political party and see what is their stance. And then as a believer, you know, we must be guided by that stance. We must be guided at least by, by political parties that you know are, are doing their best to promote and represent biblical values. So those are my comments on the elections. Don't stay away on election day. Make sure you are there to vote. If not, you have no right to complain. Vote values, vote especially biblical values. Vote for servant leaders who you know are servant leaders. They don't just come to church a month before elections and you know and and hype up the the christian community and you give them a platform to 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 kind of uh, present their political campaign no vote for leaders who we know are really bible believing not those who just pitch up a month before and then you get excited because there's a political leader there don't allow the pulpit and platform to be abused or taken for granted by anybody by anybody out there. If they come, be gracious enough to allow them to come. Um, I Personally, if it was me, I wouldn't give them a platform to speak. I wouldn't give them, a, I would just say, come and worship with us. Come and fellowship with us. At best, maybe, they may get an opportunity just to say hi, just to say hi, that's it, that's it. No campaigning, just, just say hi to the people, greet them, tell them that God loves them, and then let's sit down because we cannot allow the pulpit to be used. Uh, and that person, you're not going to see them again till the next four or five years for election. So now, you know, we, we can't allow the pulpit to be, to be pimped out for uh, political aspi aspirants, people who are just looking for office and want to use the fact that South Africa is predominantly Christian to push their individual Tower of Babylon Nimrod agenda and use the church for their nefarious, let me throw a word at you, nefarious agenda. So nefarious simply means dangerous. Okay. All right. So now I've had a lecker rant and rave. But... I like it. I just love it. This morning myself and Janine van Kerk spoke and she asked me who's on, who's on my show this evening and I said Reverend Paul Kupai. And her first <laughs> reply was lecker. And I said, why? Ah! She said, because when Reverend Paul Coupe is on your show, you don't have to do much talking. And I said, that's true. That's so true. I love it. I love it. Shame. It's a compliment oh, to you, by the way, because Janine said you get people that talk a lot that lose their, their listeners. And when Paul Coupe talks, um, she's got your attention for, for the entire span. So that's a compliment to you. Anyway, Rev, I think we should talk about the yeah. James Bond 007 thing. That, James 
on. The spy yes. bill. What is it about? Go for it. Yebo, yes, the spy bill. So we have talked about this bill before, Dwayne. It's not our first time addressing it. We've talked about it, but I think for now there's an urgency around it. And the first thing I want to say about the spy bill, I'll talk a little bit to it, give you another you know, introduction to it. But the reason why we're bringing it up again is because there's been an extension. So previously, um, comments, you know, had opened for comments and there was a deadline date. That deadline date has passed, but there's been an extension. And so let us treat this extension as an opportunity to speak, that God is giving us another opportunity to speak. Why? Because this bill is very, very important. So what is the spy bill, first of all? The spy bill, it's official name, because the spy bill is just like a nickname. It's kind of like a nickname, you know? Like my Tswana name is Komozo, but people at home, they call me Mutsi. They just cut it short, just made it short. So the spy bill is just like a nickname. Its full name, its official name, its proper name is the General Intelligence Laws Amendment Bill. Yeah, you got that? General Intelligence Laws Amendment Bill. So now you know why we call it the spy bill, because that's a mouthful. That's a mouthful right there. So it's, um, like I said, it's been around, we call it the spy bill, but that is its official um, name. And in terms of, um, I'll take you through what the spy bill is proposing, and then I'm gonna take you through some of its really, really critical dangers, the implications of the bill. What the threat that it poses to you and me as individuals, but not only as individuals, but also as the church, as the church, because it has huge ramifications also for the church. So what is the bill proposing, first of all? Okay, so in the first instance, one of the things the bill proposes um, in its current form, in its current form the way it is right now, is that it is going to allow all the agencies, you know, the intelligence agencies, and that's why we call it the spy bill, because, you know, James Bond and his crew, his WhatsApp crew, they, they spy. That's what they do. So it's going to allow all of our intelligence agencies in South Africa, they will be given the mandate, the authority, the jurisdiction to do what? To conduct security competence tests. To conduct security competence tests. Now, what does that mean, Dwayne? That means that they now will be given a mandate to issue security clearance certificates. Security clearance certificates. That means to say that you are fine. You are fine. Like, you know, um, sometimes when you're applying for citizenship, what they will do when you apply for citizenship is they, they will ask for a police clearance. If you're coming from another country, they'll say you have to uh, give some police clearance forms to show that you're not a criminal. Because you know what? Ain't nobody want to give you citizenship if you are a known criminal. So they will ask you and you'll have to go to the police station and the police station will do a criminal search to find out, are you appearing in any of their files? And if not, if they have no record of any criminality done by you, they will provide you with a police clearance certificate. It's the same here. So now intelligence agencies will be able to conduct this security competence test to now find out um, can we issue you with a security clearance certificate? Now, why is the security clearance certificate important? It is important, Dwayne, because here's what's going to happen. Anybody who wants to start a, um, a church, uh, who wants to start any sort of a religious organization, including a mosque, you know, or a shul, Anybody who wants to start any form of religious organization is going to need a security clearance certificate. Is going to need a security clearance certificate. Now, also, this also applies to NGOs. NGOs is a non-governmental organization. In some instances, NPO is used, the acronym, nonprofit organization. So NGOs, for instance, like the very one I've spoken about now, 4SA, Freedom of Religion South Africa, will probably need a security clearance organization. 
And you and I both know that freedom of religion South Africa has, has come against many governmental um, attempts, you know, to, to infringe on our freedoms. So with that being said, what are the, the, the possibilities that organizations like Freedom of Religion South Africa are going to be granted security clearance options? Because the government is just going to see such organizations, activist organizations that are there to protect the rights of individuals, that are there to protect constitutionally enshrined rights like freedom of speech, freedom of movement, the right not to be vaccinated. Now, activist groups like that may not be given security clearance certificates, which means you will be prohibited. You will be stopped from, from operating because you don't have a security clearance certificate. You are not allowed to operate. That's very scary. That carries the potential and threat of closing down every activist organization that the government sees as a threat and a hindrance to doing what it wants, you know, to, 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 to pursue its path, its path of, of just doing whatever it wants. And that's not democracy. You can never say that democracy where there's no freedom, where there's no majority um, expression that is allowed, where there's dictatorial tendencies, you can never ever describe a nation like that to say that they're democracy, no. That's a dictatorial, a dictatorship, dictatorship nation. It's a banana republic <laughs> where only one or a few people rule. It's not a democracy because the rule of law um, is, 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 is tantamount. But the rule of law, law must not be used to oppress people. So when law comes down to shut the freedom of movement of people, like this bill can, when a law is brought in to completely limit people's right to speech and to privacy comes in, that is not rule of law. And this law certainly certainly can infringe on your right to privacy, all of those. So that's very, very dangerous um, on, on that. So I don't know if you want to comment on that before I go on, Dwayne, around what your thoughts are, because, you know, that your schools, you guys have schools, you've got churches, all of that. And so if this bill goes through, you may, be, you, you may all have to be subjected to security clearance um, security competence test, and and if you don't get a security clearance, then you may be disallowed, prohibited, prevented from operating. Let me get your thoughts because I've been talking for a long time. Well, Reeve, so let this, me hear your input actually... on that before I move on. That's just one. That's number one um, threat. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we've been. This is year number four that we've been going at this. And when I when I sit back and view all of these various bulls that we discuss from an objective point of view, it all points a finger to one thing for me, and that is our government wanting to control us. If if you go from the Papuda to the hate speech to the spy bull to the the Bella yeah, bull to the everything the the vaccinations, this is all of them. All of these bulls points to one thing and that's wanting to control us um, and you've spoken yeah. about this multiple times on air because it is our free will that we are protecting yeah our will to choose our religion our free will to choose whether we'll take an injection or not and they want to force all of this down our throats and 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 this is once again one of those things where I think they want to cut off the throat. They want to try and cut off the throat of the church. They want to try and yeah. cut off the throat of Christian independent schools through stuff like the Bella Bowl, which they anyway went and they pushed through. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think we've got harder work than we think. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, what this bill does essentially, as you said, is to increase the scope of government surveillance. They can, they can spy on you anytime. They can vet you anytime. And in fact, we have a report from the Pretoria-based institute, the ISS, the Institute for Security Studies. Now, this is their field. The ISS, this is what they do. They deal with spy laws. They deal with intelligence, etc. Now, the Pretoria ISS, their view is that um, 
it lacks enough mechanisms to avoid its abuse. So in other words, the way the bill is currently now, it can be so abused by people who want to spy on you, who have vendettas. You know, can you imagine somebody maybe who's who's head up there and wants to use it to settle scores with an opponent or something? I mean, it, it, can, it is open to abuse because they're not enough. They're not checks. They're not balances. Um, it's just an open uh, thing that allows government to, um, you know, survey you and vet you as please. So if they perceive you to be a threat or a thorn in the flesh, then they're going to use it against you. And so moving on with that, let me show you also. Second problem with the bill, spy bill, is that it defines, every bill has a section where it contains definitions. What does this mean? What does this mean? And in the definition section, this bill um, has a definition of national security, national security, and it defines it. Uh, so it, in, in the national security definition, it talks about, potential threats. It talks about also opportunities. So in other words, um, this whole thing of, of, of national security, it has expanded the definition of national security to mean that you, the threats may include potential threats. So previously, you know, it's just talking about threats. But now, what's a potential threat, Dwayne? I mean, a potential threat can be anything. I may be sitting here saying nothing, but I'm a potential threat. Mm. Hmm? I'm a potential threat. So these definitions are very vague. They're very open. They're, they're, they're subjective. Because my, my being a potential threat may be because of your experience previously. There's, there's nothing to guide us to understand what actually is a potential threat. It can mean anything. Anything can be a potential threat. My ethnicity can be a potential threat. My, 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 my faith could, could be a potential threat to you if you're of a different faith. You understand? Mm. So it is very vague. The, the definition of national security is very vague. And what this bill also did was to expand the definition of what a threat to national security means. So they've expanded the definition. Now, what is a threat to national security? It includes what? It includes subversion and undue influence by hostile interests on government processes, policies, and the sovereignty of the state and its organs and its organs. So again, this is so wide. And this can put us all, bunch us all in a category so that we members of civil society who are there as activists who are opposing certain policies. And we oppose certain bills and legislation and regulations that the government wants to adopt. It means that, you know, we can just be bunched into that and say, you are a threat to national security. How? Kanjani? Little Pearl? I mean, all she does is go preach the gospel. Really? <laughs> you can say Pearl is a threat to national, you know? She just shumayala ifangredi. That's all she does. She shumayala. She preaches. How is she a threat? But all of a sudden... Because Pearl is, you know, is encouraging civilians and civil society to vote, to think for themselves, to protect their freedoms. Government can now see that as, no, I King, you are a threat. You are a threat. Yeah. So it's so wide. It's so ambiguous. It's so open that it's really dangerous. It can be used to settle scores. And the government um, would want to settle scores with anybody that they see is um, is opposing them in any way. They see you as public enemy number one. So you, they can use this bill now to settle the score with you, to silence you. That wena, you brought too much. I'm going to silence you with this intelligence. Or I actually want to rename it, Dwayne. It's not an intelligence bill. To me, it's an unintelligence bill. There's nothing intelligent about this. Yeah, unintelligence bill. They must put an un in front of the intelligence bill because there's nothing intelligent about trying to shut down people's freedom of speech, freedom of movement, um, right to privacy. There's nothing intelligent about that. You just creating a dictatorship and you're creating a very unhappy people. 
very unhappy people. These rights were hard fought, hard won, and nobody, including government, has a right to, to imprison people and oppress them under dictatorial laws. This spy bill is typical of nations that really want to operate in a, an oppressive and dictatorial fashion. They will, the first thing they will do is impose a spy bill like this that gives them the license to spy on you, to vet you, to decide whether they will clear you or not, to decide what you say and not say. It is typical of dictatorial um, nations. And I hope we wouldn't be moving towards that because we must be known for our freedoms and we must be known for promoting democracy in South Africa. Rev, I think for me, one of the biggest concerns is that these so-called guidelines or stuff that they put in this bill is very vague and it's open to anyone's interpretation. And that leaves leaves literally everyone in society vulnerable and it it, it puts someone in a position of power. Um, It puts them in a position to, sorry, but to intimidate and threaten our lives just because they don't like what we do. Uh, and for me, yeah. that is a concern. But Rev, we come to this platform because we want uh, the, how do you say it? You want the Kalisha to interact and to do something about this. What are we doing about yeah. this? What's our call to action? Well, our call to action, Dwayne, you know that we've always, um, you know, told the body of Christ that we're available. Uh, I think part of the reason we've identified for the churches in action is that sometimes we don't understand these laws. We don't actually understand the implications of them. I've noticed, remember when we did the hate speech in Peputa Bill and we had those Zoom meetings and we were able to explain the impact of these Zoom meetings. You remember that the, a lot of the church leaders got mobilized and we were able to get quite you know, substantial um, oh, yeah. uh, submissions through, over 100,000 submissions just in the space of 48 hours. So that tells me that when the church actually understands what is at risk? They can mobilize. They can mobilize. So our call of action, one, is here to, so hopefully, um, hopefully this, let's get this out. Um, Dwayne, you need to give us a link to this. this um, sure, we'll do. This talk here. Yeah, that's number one, call to action. We need to send this message out as far and as wide as possible. Please put it on. If you've got a Facebook page uh, with lots and lots of followers, we got to put it on. We got to put it on the page. If you've got um, whatever social media, if you've got a high following, we need to put it out out there. So that's number one. Educate, educate people. Let people know. And so that when people know, because like I've said, the bill has been extended to February 15, Mm. to February 15. So we still have time. So we've got about just over two weeks now. We've got over two weeks. So let's mobilize, guys. It's not going to take a whole lot of time. So the effect is going to have a huge effect, especially on the religious sector, um, because, like I said, it's going to allow the state. Remember, they wanted to regulate us through the CRL, through the CRL. They wanted to regulate us through CRL, and the church stood up, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. You know, it's still up in the air. It hasn't been concluded. I don't think they put it to bed, but at least with the church's pushback, um, you know, it wasn't formally really done. So this is another way of regulating the church. It is a worse way because previously their, their level of regulation was, which was on a much lower level. Now they're basically saying they can silence you. They can literally shut you down mm. by refusing to give you a security clearance um, certificate. They will decide whether they give you a, a certificate to operate and, and, if they know that you are a critical voice that has been opposing mm-hmm. um, some of their draconian me- measures, some of their totalitarian measures, mm. they're definitely not going to give you a security clearance because now the problem is gone. You're gone because you can't operate. If you operate, they'll toss you in prison. Tronco. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So they can use this to silence um, uh, you know, activists in the religious sector. They can use this to shut you down as a church, stop you from operating, um, all of these things. So it's, it's, if we're saying we're a constitutional democracy, this is definitely not showing that we are a constitutional um, democracy. And all this, this it's, it's not part of who we say we are as a democracy. This definitely does not support the values and the pattern 
of a constitutional democracy. So the, the other scary thing, Dwayne, not only do they have the power to afford or award you a security clearance certificate, and that's by preventing you or allowing you to operate. The other scary thing is it allows the state and the government to spy on you. Hey, yeah. The state now, it authorizes them to spy on you if they feel you're a threat to national security. Now, here's the thing, Dwayne. Remember they defined who is a threat or a potential threat. It's subjective. They can just not like you. You know, you could be minding your own business in the mall and you bump into the head of the national intelligence, you know, uh, head or something. <laughs> and he doesn't like you. And he's like, I'm going to sort you out, Dwight C. King. Because we don't yeah. know who a threat is. Yeah. And you become a potential threat because you bumped in to the, the, the head of the NIA, National Intelligence Agency, and he got upset with you. And now there's an investigation that's conducted and you're seen as a threat. And now people can spy on you, Justin J, just because of that. So it allows all of that. They can spy on you and they don't have to tell you. They don't have to tell you that we're spying on you. So they can just surreptitiously, nicodemiously spy on you <laughs> without even you knowing. Yeah. Plant all that they need to plant in your phones, in your homes. They could be spying on your children, following your children, monitoring your children. Ooh. Yeah, ne? I could rough. Kunzima. Yeah. And. <laughs> Okay, so Riv, where do we go? Where do we go? How do we go about this? Um, um, yeah, what what platforms do we go to? Well, I mean, look, we um, we must go to the four SA uh, platforms. So let me just round off on this, just to say that the bill has been approved by cabinet. It was submitted to Parliament on the twenty ninth of August last year. And, um, you know, we're now being given another opportunity uh, for the public scrutiny to make comments. And we must make comment because when it goes back now, it's now going to be finalized. So if you and I don't make comment on it, if we don't object to it on the basis that it's taking away our freedoms, which are constitutionally entrenched, if we don't object to it on the basis of right to privacy, if we don't object to it on the basis of very wide, vague definitions. I've shown you where it's wide and vague and et cetera. If we don't object to it for, on all those reasons, there's a possibility that it can be passed. And if it's passed, then we are in serious matata problems. Les problèmes en français, we, I mean, yeah, ne? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is very, very, very concerning. Very, very concerning that this um, this would be allowed. So here's what I will suggest to you. If you want to make a Facebook um, comment on this, I suggest that you go to go to um, make make a, a, a comment. Right. Remember that the the deadline date is when it's on the fifteenth. It's on the fifteenth of February. Don't wait till the last day, please. As a belief, toch. Family, because you know what happens, Dwayne. Yeah, system crash. Dwayne, you remember what happened in our last two occasions that everybody went like on the same day, the last day, and they claimed, anyway, at least they claimed that their website crashed or their email no. thing crashed. Mm. Yeah, because that's how we are in South Africa. I don't know why we do that. Why do we wait till the last minute? Listen, family, don't be a member of the lastminute.com whatsapp group as i believe mm -mm. yeah it's a lastminute.com you know our, our ministry ladies we always say that we say because we'll we'll announce an event like a month two months ahead of time and people will not register we'll ask them to register and there'll be no registration wayne i promise you that and the reason why we ask for registration is so we'll know if the venue can accommodate you it's not about money we don't normally charge for our events. But we want to know, is 3,000 people coming, are 3,000 people coming to a 1,000 venue event? Can we carry that? And people will not register. 
until two hours before the event, or even some will come unregistered. And we've had situations where we had a venue for 1,000 and 2,000 people pitched. And no, and no, what must we do? Hmm? Mm. So, family, I'm saying, let's not wait till the last Let's not wait till the morning of February 15, and then everybody crashes the, the, the email. And then nobody's email gets sent. Start now, no, no, no. Do it today, tomorrow at least, latest, yeah. So, um, and, and we're thankful to Forest A. I do want to mention, give Forest A a shout out. Thank you that they, they along with other faith community groups, uh, put pressure, put a lot of pressure on government to give us an extension. So big shout out to our people, my family out there. Um, yes. So I've given you a, a sense of what it's about, what it will do, what are the implications for you as an individual and as a community, the body of Yeshua, as a ministry, it's got huge implications for you. So, um, yes. So you need to make submissions. If you want to hear to make submissions, it's going to be a public hearing schedule. And there's a link that you can click. You can click for the public hearing schedule. It's uh, www. It's the 4SA link. www.4sa.org.za www.org.za Okay? Uh, no, www, sorry, dot, www, let me start again, www.4sa.org.za, www.4sa, which is F-O-R-S-A dot Z-A. So you click on that link and you'll be able to um, make submissions and these submissions um, will be, will be, you know, taken into account in the public hearing. So go to the SA. 4SA website, www.4sa.org.za, and you can make, you can leave your submissions there. Please send this out. Like I said, this, this discussion that we've had today, Wayne, we need to send it out wide. Please put it on your website, put a caption there that will capture everybody's attention. Say, attention, attention. Freedoms are, are, are at stake in South Africa if we do not make submissions on this uh, spy bill. Please put a big caption out there. Circulate it in your WhatsApp groups. Download this. Download this link. We got to come to the party. Listen, South Africans, we can't just come together to celebrate Amaboko Boko wins and to celebrate, you know, our wins. We have to come together to protect our freedoms as well, to celebrate... Um, was, was that guy who won that UFS? Rikos uh, Duplessis. Duplessis. We can't just come together and go Duplessis and then, you know, lekker, lekker, braai after that. We love you, Duplessis. We love you, Amapokoboko. You know, but I'm saying after the games, after the rugby game, after the soccer game, and come on, Bafana, Bafana, please, you know, we're praying for you. Well, please. unfortunately, you quoted Drikus Duplessis. Do yourselves a favor and go to Drikus Duplessis' social media platforms and go see his view on our politicians in the country. <laughs> it's amazing that Paul just <laughs> quoted him. But anyway, because this is a pre-recording, my team have worked earlier today to put this podcast on the system, and it is released right now as we are speaking here. So you can go to my platform, Dwayne van Rensburg, Radio Pulpit, as well as Reverend Paul Coupe's platform. I will be sharing the yeah. link with her so she can go share this specific podcast right now as you are listening to us live on Radio Pulpit. This link is being shared on all of our platforms. So Rev, you will you will receive the link and we'll make sure that by the time this goes live that our um, podcast will also be live. Awesomeness, awesomeness. Thanks, well, Dwayne. Well, you always come to the party. Well, Ref, I'm, um, I'm going to hold you to my coffee date. Um, I, I miss you dearly. We haven't gotten together in a while. So we've got to do our coffee yeah. date because we can't only talk to each other once a month at the end of the month. Come on. I miss you, man. No, for real. And now that fasting season is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not to say I was fasting. I, I pray and I fast different times. I don't just fast at a particular time but because you know every time i try to go out somebody else is fasting and you can't eat 
in front of a fasting person. So, well, I'm not fasting, yeah. so we can definitely do a lunch, perhaps. Myself, you and my Let's, mom, we go do a lunch. Yes. Let's do the lunch and then, ha- you know, wash down <laughs> kakuk sisters. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. But no, we must eat healthier. You know, cook sisters, we're going to have something, a healthy option. The- Somebody out there must, must make healthy cook sisters. It's not you know? possible. It's not like, possible. Make- the January is done. All the diets no. are done now. All no, the diets you must are make done. healthy ones. You must make them like whole wheat ones or something. And, and I don't know, no syrup, something. But, you know, be inventive. Come on. Yeah, we, we're carrying around extra baggage. We need to get rid of this extra baggage, excess baggage. The planes won't let us on with all this rolls and extra baggage. All right. Well, on behalf of myself and Ruben Pulkepay, thank you for tuning in to this uh, Kingdom Legislation chat. Myself and Pulkepay, every last Monday of the month, please remember to set your alarm clocks. Uh, we'll be definitely coming to you guys again at the end of, of Feb, which is around the corner, seems like it. Rev, um, love you to bits once again. Thank you for your time and thank you for what you are doing for the kingdom. I pray for you and, uh, and blessings, blessings, blessings. Oh, sharp, sharp. Amen. So churches also get together. I would recommend if you are a church out there, um, have a session whereby you can actually, you know, um, uh, you can you can talk to the community. I'm glad actually, Dwayne, I'm glad Pretoria East is having a session. All the churches are gathering on the 7th of February. Love Pretoria East. So you just reminded me that I must talk a little bit because the heads of of all the senior pastors, hundreds of pastors attend this session. So I'm going to be talking to them as well. So let's talk to as many ministers, pastors as possible. Let them, the churches, pass it on. Mobilize their people to all get involved in this project. Hallelujah. All right, boom, there you've got it. Myself and Reverend Paul Kupay greets you in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ until next next month. Same time, same place. Please share this podcast and uh, let's inform the kingdom of Christ. Blessings and I uh, love you guys. Goodbye. Bye, Rev. Bye. Love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Psalm 91 is your portion. <laughs> <laughs>